The comments heard on The View from a Pew are those of Mac McCoy and are not necessarily the opinions of his guests, his producer Garth, any one particular denomination or religion, the church lady, Mr. Lemke, Pastor Craig, or anyone else of sound mind and body. Now here is today's The View from a Pew, heard all around the world on YouTube. Just search for The View from a Pew. Thank you, Emily. Welcome back. It is a beautiful Wednesday here in the fall. Turkey Day just around the corner. Good day to everybody sit at the table and go around the table and ask them what they're thankful for. Sometimes that can be uncomfortable for families, and sometimes it's just what families should do. I'm Mac McCoy. My co-host is Del uh, Delbert, Delmar uh, Austin. I'm well, sorry. Close enough. No, close it's enough. not. I don't like Del is the first part, and that's uh, yeah, that's good. And uh, we are in day two of what does the Bible say about does Israel have a biblical right to the land of Palestine? And I know there are a lot of people that are going to enjoy these shows, and half of you are going to disagree with us, and that's okay. If two people always agree, one of them isn't necessary. But remember, we're talking about what comes out of the Bible. And there's, there's no side here when it comes to, you know, Pastor Delmar and myself. Sure, we have opinions, but we'll tell you these are our opinions rather than try to make you think this is what the Bible says. So, off and running, and uh, does Israel have a biblical right to the land of Palestine? Well, again, uh, there will be those that disagree, and I know that a lot of people have some uh, uh, theological opinions on this. Um, my simple answer is no, they do not. And the reason I believe that is what the Bible is, is saying, uh, trying to get a, a clear uh, understanding of what really is being said uh, throughout the Bible in Old Testament and New Testament. Uh, and we'll start out with the fact that when sometimes people are talking about uh, Israel having a biblical right to the land of Palestine, they, they tend to quote a lot of Old Testament verses uh, from books like Ezekiel, Isaiah, Zechariah, and they say, here is evidence that God is going to reestablish Israel in the last days. And, and then they have other details of how they think things are going to turn out. Uh, if you read those passages, if you know when those things were written, they were written during the time of captivity, during the time or, or right before captivity, uh, when Israel went into captivity under the Babylonians. This is many years before the time of Christ. And uh, God, through the prophets, was promising that Israel would come back to the land again and be reestablished and Jerusalem would be rebuilt and the sanctuary or the temple would be rebuilt at that time. So first of all, we have to know what we're talking about in, uh, in order to understand uh, about Israel and about this land. Secondly, in um, Genesis chapter 17, some people say, well, statements like this that are made indicate that Israel will always have a right to, the, to that land. Genesis chapter seven, 17, beginning in verse 7, God says, and I will establish my covenant between me and you, 
And who's the you? That's Abraham. Mm-hmm. And your descendants after you and their generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and your descendants after you. Also, I will give to you, here it is, your descendants after you, the land in which you are a stranger, all the land of Canaan as an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. That's pretty simple, right? Uh-huh. That's pretty clear. To Abraham's descendants as an everlasting possession. Now, <laughs> however, you have to be part of the covenant. You have to remain in the covenant for it to be an everlasting possession. And, and who's, who's leaving the covenant? I'm confused. Well, okay. Let me give you one example that follows right after what I read. Okay. Okay. Right after what I read, God said to Abram, this Abraham, verse 9, as for you, you shall keep my covenant, you and your descendants after you throughout their generations. In other words, this is part of the obligation of the covenant. Yeah. And he comes down here to the very end. He talks about those that are unwilling to be circumcised, which was a sign of the covenant. But he, but he talks about uh, anyone that refuses to be part of this covenant uh, in verse 13 or excuse me, verse 14, he says, And the uncircumcised male child, who is not circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin, that person shall be cut off from his people. He has broken my covenant. He's broken the covenant, and what happens? He's cut off. He is no longer a part of the covenant, which means that he no longer has those promises that God has given, okay? So we have to be faithful to God. We have to walk in the covenant if we want the blessings that are a part of the covenant. Another reason I think this is so clear is there is a big gap between the children of Israel, who they were, and who Israel is today. There are many, many cultural Jews that live in Israel today, not so much religious Jews. Yes, there are religious Jews, but 65% of the population, in an answer to a basic survey, say, we are not religious. We are cultural Jews. We are not religious Jews. Mm. And so, so they are not— takes them out of the covenant, doesn't it? It takes you out of the covenant, I believe. Yeah. So you have to look at that and understand, if you are, are going to receive the full blessings of the covenant, you have to continue to walk in the, the, the walk of the covenant. And if you go to the New Testament, if you go to uh, Romans chapter 11, Paul is the authority sort of about Gentiles and the Gentile world and how it relates to Judaism. Because he's, he's a Jew, but he's been the apostle to the Gentiles, right? Yeah. And so he talks about in Romans, where he talks about the gospel, what the meaning of the gospel is, he talks about this, this relationship between the Jews and the Gentiles in Romans chapter 10, or excuse me, 11. And I'm just going to pick a few verses because I can't touch on everyone. But verse 1 says, Paul says, I say, has God cast away his people? Certainly not. Of course not. God has not cast away the Jewish people 
even in New Testament times. He's not cast them away. Well, what does verse 5 tell us? Even so then, at this present time, there is a remnant according to the election of grace. What is a remnant? It is the last part of something. If you have a bolt of fabric and you're down to the remnant at the very end, that's the last bit. And that's what he's saying about Israel. We're down here to the last bit, but there are still some that are faithful to God that still love God. They are part of that remnant. And then he goes on in verse 19, and he says, branches were broken off that I might be grafted in. What is he talking about there? He's saying that Israel was the plant that God planted. But along the way, there were those that broke the covenant, and those branches had to be broken off. But There were others who were grafted in. Who were those? Those were the Gentiles. The Gentiles become a part of that original plant which God planted when he called Abraham. And then in verses 25 and 26, he says this, For I do not desire, brethren, uh, that you should be ignorant of this mystery, lest you be wise in your own opinion, that blindness in part has happened to Israel. What was the blindness that happened to Israel? They didn't recognize the Messiah. Right. Some of them did, but but many of them did not. Yeah. And in fact, the Jewish people became some of the biggest persecutors of the Christian church uh, after the time of Jesus uh, because they did not see that he was the answer to all the promises. Yeah, they did not read Isaiah 52 and 53. Exactly, which would have clearly made it clear, made it clear about Jesus' life. And he goes on until the fullness of the Gentiles has come. And then he says in verse 26, notice this, and so all, and so all Israel will be saved. That's where a lot of people read it and they say, okay, well, then all Israel is going to be saved and God's going to establish them there in the land of Israel. No, the people that are part of the covenant, they are true Israel. And all of true Israel will be saved. Whether you're Jew, whether you're Gentile, no matter what your background is, you can be a part of the covenant that God gave to Abraham if you have faith in the one that God sent, and that is Jesus. My co-host is Delmar Austin. I'm Mac McCoy, and this is The View from a Pew, brought to you by Divine Truth Christian Stores. Uh, check them out. It's coming up on Christmas, so let's keep Christ in the middle of Christmas and give gifts that remind people of why we celebrate this Christmas. And looking at the last day picture, you know, a lot of people have this picture that everything's going to be fulfilled through Israel, a temple reconstructed, uh, Christ will come there and reign there. That is not the final biblical picture of what happens at the end time before Jesus comes again. There will be an antichrist that will arise. The Bible talks about that. But the picture, one of the most basic pictures that we get of the end times is found in Daniel chapter 2. And this is when, remember the the, the image that was in, yes. uh, in, in the dream that Nebuchadnezzar had? Yep, and it represented and, yep. all these different nations and powers. Yep. Guess what? A stone comes out of nowhere, destroys that image. All human kingdoms will be destroyed at the very end, no matter where they are. Whether they're Israel, whether they're the United States, whether they're Russia, China, all 
powers are finally destroyed because God's kingdom is going to take over in this world. God's kingdom is going to be the ultimate power that that takes away all other earthly kingdoms. This is The View from a Pew. We thank you for listening. Always available on uh, one of 27 podcast sites. Thanks to Garth, uh, our producer. Just search for The View from a Pew. Now, when we come back for tomorrow, God is not a God of favorites. So John says in John 4, what does that mean for Israel? What does that mean for the Palestines, for the Palestinians, excuse me? We'll continue with that just for you on Thursday. I want to thank you for listening. This is our uh, sponsor here, DivineTruthChristian.com. And uh, it's a part of the local store that the family owns. But you know what? When you actually make an order, place an order, you'll talk to one of the live people there, uh, one of the family members. They're great people. Divine Truth Christian Store, where you'll find more.